Really? And recording started. You guys have fun. <laughs> and a, a touch and go. Yeah. You almost crashed into Devil's Head. Really? You almost crashed in the Devil's Head. Yeah, I was trying. I was like, Brendan, get a little closer. I need a better photo. <laughs> He's like, I okay. really, need, I really need to get the uh, the sharpness really like really fine here. <laughs> Brendan drove a little too close to Devil's Head. Really? So there was an emergency bank or an emergency pull up or? Yeah, more like a headward spiral downward. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, but he managed to pull through. Okay, that's good. And we good. glided in on no fuel to Airdrie Airport, wherever you are going. Or, uh, I was going to say no fuel. full fucking day. So for those who, who are joining us on the podcast, uh, that was our special guest star, Ben, describing his uh, harrowing journey this morning with uh, noted pilot, Brendan Pipa. <laughs> noted pilot. Noted pilot. Well, you're like the only pilot I know that I actually, actually know. <laughs> the pilot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but so you did have fun this morning on your, uh, on your flight. It was awesome. Regardless. Oh, yeah. Of your near-death experience. Yeah, we went drove flow to Lake Minnewanka. Minnewanka? Did I get that right? Minnewanka. Minnewanka, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Pretty nice name. My family's already been commenting on the photos. Oh, really? Ooh, okay, nice. Like extended family. Yeah, that's great. And yeah. so, uh, you know, everyone, welcome. Uh, this is Stephen Salkin. Welcome to the Solutions Brewing Podcast. Uh, again, as mentioned, we have our special guest star today, and we're doing a special recap episode of our first Rocky Mountain Wine and Food Festival uh, that we just completed this weekend. Uh, we were, me and Brendan were there for Friday and both sessions on Saturday, and Ben, uh, visiting from away, uh, was there on Friday and Sunday. So this was your first uh, festival. Friday and Saturday evening. Yeah, Saturday evening. There, sorry, were no, yeah. there was no show on Sunday. And if anybody showed up on Sunday, we apologize because we moved everything out in a hurry at the end of Saturday. Yeah, you had to be out by midnight. <laughs> um, but uh, to kind of tee it off, I'm going to throw it over to Ben here. And the first question is, so what were your first impressions at being at this like gigantic festival in a big uh, event hall uh, about beer and wine and spirits? So one one thing that really stands out is that like these people who are there and vendors are clearly in love not just with beer but like the beer craft beer community and these craft beer events it's clearly something really fun for them and I can see it I do a lot of photography and I can and I know of someone who does exclusively Instagram beer can shots and promotion with that and I can see why he does it because it's so much fun, and <laughs> and then I can just I just I'm not from Calgary or even Alberta, <clears throat> but I from away I can, I'm from away, <laughs> and I can just see I should come in here and I notice there's no Alberta beer can photographer, studio photographer, and I bet I could just fill that role. It makes me think that I could do this, and just, and if, or whatever, just get involved in some way, and it would probably be just an absolute freaking blast. Because it was a good time. Everyone's nice. Everyone's friendly and fun. And they all just want to kind of share ideas, share tips, share help, and just, you know, make good products. And um, it it was a good time. And it was nice meeting certain people. And certain people really stand out as being, like, really nice and and someone who you would want to develop a partnership with of some kind. Um, So it was a good time. It was a really good time. And... uh, it was really nice being there as someone who's never been 
to Alberta and drink Alberta craft beers because uh, I, I probably some older companies probably get forgotten because people get adjusted to them. So I find like some companies to me stood out when they may not really get the recognition they deserve anymore because just they've been a long away for uh, in the game for so long. Yeah, mm. they're treated as kind of the establishment at this point and not one of the up-and-comers, one of the new guys to try, but coming in not having that baseline experience. It's it's interesting to think about it that brand way. Brand new eyes for you, yeah. Yeah, like, so, like, for example, like, like there's this craft brewery, Alley Cat, like, they told me they've been around for 27 years, but their beer was, like, clearly among the most unique beers I've ever had. Mm-hmm. It was very different. Yeah, very like, good, though, and good, though. Yeah, like, they're they're... Like the one they're known for is their apricot ale, yeah. which is, you know, was one of the major fruit beers that was available in Alberta for a long time because I did enjoy one of those on Friday evening. Yeah. It was fantastic. Like, no, they're, they're great beers. Um, but yeah, like it's, you know, they've just been around forever. And actually more recently, the original owners, it was about two years ago, because uh, they've been around forever, they were going to retire. So they, you know, it was actually kind of a big deal. They put it up for sale. It, you know, got bought by new owners the new owners promised oh like we're not changing a thing we're just like the new stewards of the beer and we're going to come up with some new products but like the old product line is going to stay the same and you think about it it's like yeah like that there there's a kind of a a history and a, a continuity that needs to be kept with that breweries and again around since the 90s yeah no i can see how that's really important and uh if it's been around for that long, people are going to expect it to stay the same. They're, they're probably going to have some regular customers who are going to be probably really annoyed if there are <laughs> significant changes. So yeah. I didn't actually have the apricot. They told me to try it, but they said, like, they have this other one called the Mangalorian. Yep. I did that, and I was like, this is really good to good, and it's different. And it was like it had the most – it was nothing – there was a – in a very good way, that just had this – very lingering long lingering aftertaste i'd never experienced anything like it like it just stayed for like like it coated your tongue and stayed on your tongue like it just like yeah in minute for minutes i'm like whoa this is wild Mm -hmm. this is so wild i can't even believe it was a beer it was like this is not a beer it's almost like (laughs) almost like juice it's not a yeah but not even and it was like not a cooler either the coolers have totally different wait like just they're different just very different different beast altogether mm-hmm. so yeah um yeah very interesting experience i really liked it yeah. really good really good beer um mm-hmm. yeah unique cool <laughs> yeah so um yeah and for for those who were not there or are not familiar with it like there's the other festival called beer fest which is solely like its main focus is beer it's like beer 90% of the vendors or 80% of the vendors there are beer, some food and all the other spirits. And this one was definitely a much more equal mix. Like there was, uh, I'd say about roughly a hundred or so vendors or something like that. But there is a fairly even split between spirits, wine, coolers, uh, food and all the rest. So we were among the, the few uh, craft breweries that were there. There but- were a lot of breweries. I forgot it was not a brew brook. Festival. <laughs> there, there were a lot of breweries there, yeah. actually, and, and it's interesting because again, brewery didn't even make it into the name of the festival. <laughs> Rocky yeah. Mountain Wine and Food, <laughs> and yet half the half the vendors there were either breweries or distilleries, um, which is great for us and great for the the, the customers. Like 
yep. people had their their option to go to wherever they wanted. But it does make for a different event than Beer Fest and a different clientele. Yes. Um, in, at the Beer Fest, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before, particularly in Calgary. Mm-hmm. You can point at any random person in the crowd, ask them to come try your beer, and they're like, well, that's why I'm here. Walk over and try your beer. Whereas in this one, kind of similar to what we experienced in Canmore as well, is that you got a lot of people that are interested in something else. And they're they're just like, you know what? I'm not drinking beer today. I'm drinking wine. I'm drinking whiskey. I'm just here for the food. Yeah. Okay. It's, it, <laughs> you, you can't argue with it, right? It's, if you're not interested in the beer, you're not interested in beer. It's uh, makes for a very, very difficult to predict uh, sampling size yeah. is required. Yeah, like I remember, well, it was on the second night, but I remember casting a wide net. There was a group waiting for uh, the wine, because we were uh, between a wine, whiskey, and rum uh, booth. And then on our other side, it was wine, coolers, and cider. Uh Oh, and cocktails because he had that Caesar mix that he was uh, he was he was hawking. Yeah, they had like a tequila beer or something as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a yeah tequila tequila infusion or something. I, I don't know that one. I didn't try. I tried most of their other stuff, but yeah. But it was it was really interesting because they were in the line for there. I was like, hey, you guys got empty glasses? Like, let me give you a drink while you're waiting for you know, like your little shot of whiskey or something like that. And they're like, no, we're in wine, or oh, I you know I don't drink beer, or oh, I was waiting for like looking for a cider. And it's like, okay, you're like you're in the right line. If you're looking for a cider, go to my left here. Like, <laughs> go to the, the next booth. But it was very interesting because yeah, like the standard trying to rope someone in didn't didn't work like so, sometimes it did like you looked at someone and it's like oh okay i'll come over but it was about a 50 percent success rate this time i would say yeah not yeah. not unlike the usual 80 80 to 90 percent uh, that we usually get at shows so we need to work on our dance moves is what steve's saying that's that's how we need to attract <laughs> people a little bit better so uh so as a result uh brendan how did the friday night go do you th- do you think well, I thought it went great because I spent half the time not at the booth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the benefits of having slightly less people interested in beer is that you really only needed one person to, to operate it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I thought it went well. I mean, the, the start of the show was a little bit a little bit slower. People kind of filtered in. A, one thing I'll say is that the clientele here was surprisingly well-dressed compared to Beer Fest. Oh, yeah. Very um, well-dressed. Okay. Every, everybody, a lot of the guys were in jackets. Uh, a lot of the women were wearing Head evening to toe, dresses. Man. Like, it, it was... Head to toe. It was impressive. It was, it was an upscale event, it felt like. <laughs> um <laughs> So I, I rapidly switched from my uh, typical Solutions Brewing tea to our new golf shirt Solutions Brewing tea, <laughs> just so that I had something with a collar to make sure that I, <laughs> I could at least match up. Um, uh, things things did pick up a little bit in the show there, but I, I enjoyed walking around and just being able to go see all the different vendors. And the nice thing about being there as a vendor and having the time to walk around is that, like, vendors kind of look out for vendors and you get to actually talk to all the other people there as opposed yeah. to just the mad rush at the end where we do uh tradesies uh you get to sample a little a few things here and there to to start with so mm-hmm. yeah so like yeah friday was uh it, it was again it was a different pace so like yeah you you went off for your wander and then like it, it felt like i should be busier at my booth but it came in kind of like little waves like i get two or three uh people wanting samples at a time and then i'd be you know not busy for you know three or five minutes and then another little wave would come so it was it was definitely just a different pace to get used to and but it was good and then you know on occasion was able to talk to a few more people uh, a little bit more at length 
uh, especially on, I, I just remember on the second day, cause there was a few, uh, travel Alberta people that were there and they just kept on having questions. And I was like, okay, like I'm not serving anyone else. So pfft, sure. I'll answer your, your very deep and probing questions for this random person that came up to my booth. Let's jam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then after like three or four minutes of talk and they're like, oh, okay. Like we'll keep a eye on you. I work for travel Alberta. I was like, oh, <laughs> Well, it's a good thing I was really friendly oh. the entire time. <laughs> well, after talking to you for 15 minutes, now you introduced yourself. That's great. <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah good. It was a good start of the show and all that. Um, and then day two, uh, the Friday afternoon session was pretty quiet, which was actually nice. Uh, there was a decent pace, and like the both of us were at the booth, but we again had that kind of time to talk to everyone. Um, not too much happened though. I don't think. No, no, on the Saturday afternoon. Not too much. No, it was, it was a slower show. Yeah. Um, slower, slower. I mean, oh, it, actually, we talked to our booth mate. That's what that we did most of it. Mr. Rocco. Yeah, we spoke with him. So he kind of showed up for the the second day. Yeah, he yeah he was helping. He, he missed the Friday the Friday session. Yeah, because uh, on, on the first day, uh, our partner Sean, um, he had two lovely assistants with him that were helping uh, bring the bring the customers in and helping them serve drinks. And on the second day, he had Rocco, who is uh, an industry veteran, as we learned. He is uh, he, he has been in the restaurant business for years. He opens and closes bars. He's he he basically is been a part of it for almost like, i think he said 40 years so it's just like he knows everything and he just started talking with us i like how he said he opens and closes bars yeah because <laughs> he's like i open them and he's like he does he does everything to help him and then sometimes he gets sent in to just know, shut it down shut it down uh so it was really interesting talking to him and he actually gave us a couple really interesting uh points and uh points of reference i have to remember to email him on uh on monday because he uh, he was very helpful in just talking talking the the stuff with us like it was really really helpful. Yeah, you got to know your booth mates uh, quite a bit better in this show again because everything was a little bit slower. It, even the the wine vendors, even the distillers, because every you, instead of having one show dedicated to it and everybody's there for that, you got three different genres or four yeah. if you include the food. So it, it definitely made for a, a different experience that way. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I was gonna make it uh, an observation there the. Sean had his uh, uh, models, basically, that he, he hired to help uh, sell the beer the first day. Yeah. And they weren't there the second day. And I think it's because the the one booth from China there just hired all the models for their booth on Saturday because they didn't oh, have anybody yeah. helping them on Friday. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they were just all women there on that booth the second day. So, yeah, and I don't know if you noticed that the second day there, Ben, but, uh, yeah, there was that Chinese booth, and they, they had a little – it was on the – I think it was a Saturday afternoon session. They had a, they had a little powwow, and it was like one guy and sixteen girls because they had because they had each side had two to three girls, and they had a couple outside like trying to bring them in. Uh, and so yeah, there was a there was a uh, I heard that a small army. Was it like what was it Chinese gin? Well, there was a number it, of different products they had. Uh, the one that we sake. kept hearing about was the sake. Yeah, I only heard. Yeah, not the Japanese, right? It was we're not talking about the Japanese one. No, yeah. the the Chinese, but they were like a little down the ways from yeah. us. But so I, the only thing I heard about that place was, was like this one person came up to us like we just went to this Chinese sake place and it was not they were not oh. fans of it. No, so, not a lot of people were fans of the actual product. We we had people coming out and be like, I'll I'll buy your beer if I can dub this. Well, <laughs> okay, well and it was one sake in particular is like a bamboo sake or something like that. And it was particularly pungent. 
And a few times we had, uh, they're like, okay, oh, please rinse us out. And since this was a multi liquor event, uh, we were washing out the uh, the glasses of the prior patrons. So like if they had red wine, we're not dumping our beer into red wine and coloring the taste of it. So we were doing that. And twice, uh, someone who had the sake was like, please clean this out. And we did. And then it went into our little spittoon bucket. And that the smell coming off of it was actually nauseous. Hmm. Like, uh, like the first time Brendan's like, it's like, oh, it's like, we got to get the, because there was a, a roving cart to help dump it sort of thing. And he's like, we got to find him because it's bad. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I got the first whiff of him. Like, oh, 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 oh no. And then the second night, uh, it happened again. And I was like, okay, got, we got to find Spittoon Lady. <laughs> we're, we're not sitting for a couple minutes with this. It's too much. Yeah. Although lesson I'll take from this event for future beer fest is the 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 spittoon bucket are washing out and the glasses and all that sort of stuff because yeah. even amongst different beers, somebody has a stout and then they want to come and try the blonde. Yeah. It's like that that's not a good representation of what we're giving you, if we let you put in something that just had milk stout. Or do you remember when uh, was it nine for eight had the uh, oh, creative the, uses for the whipped, whipped cream? cream something? Yeah. So they would. It was uh, it was a spice beer of some kind, and then they would top it off with a dollop of whipped cream. So everybody kept coming to our booth with these glasses that were just coated in whipped cream. Yeah. And we're just like, I, you know what? We'll give you a glass. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, speaking of the second night, uh, Ben, you joined us after or during the second session. Uh, was there anything in particular that stood out for you the second night that you didn't really, you know, see in the first night or something else that, like, maybe you spent more time doing the second day? I um, spent a lot more time trialing some of the food. It was mm-hmm. good. Uh, I met I met um, the owner, one of the owners of Trial and Ale. Mm-hmm. He was super nice, and I really liked the product. And just talking to him was super interesting, super enthusiastic. Basically, kind of like he epitomized what I re- liked about the craft brew of Alberta, craft brew kind of culture. It's like this guy clearly loves what he does. He's enthusiastic, likes to talk about it, loves to share his opinions and, and his advice. Talks about how hard it is for outsiders to get their product into Ontario, which I can imagine. Oh, yeah. Sioux Ontario is particularly restrictive. I feel like it's probably been an issue going on for, like, probably 100 years. Um, But it's probably slacking greatly in the last, like, 15. Mm -hmm. But um, his product is amazing. It's really good. And he was talking about all the places he ships to. Southern California, Norway, Sweden. Yeah, that was All what surprised Canada, me. But not about Ontario. It's too hard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. After you came back and you were talking to Tim about us, that that kind of surprised me. They're relatively young. They're a small company, and the, yeah. the the breadth and the scope of what they ship to is it's amazing. Yeah. Impressive. Definitely something. And it's we just want to two talk. guys. Yeah. Two guys. They do. Well. They don't really have a lot. He said he doesn't have much of a marketing presence. They don't really do much of that. Advertise so on and so forth. Probably because they're just so busy with everything else to do. And I asked him, like, so you must be working like. 24 seven he's like yeah but it's awesome i love it so, so yeah i was gonna say just to interject uh, quickly so it's funny rocco was talking because he was talking again in the industry for years uh we were talking about bc alberta how like just the difference and divide of those two things and then offhandedly he'd mentioned he's like and don't get me started about ontario <laughs> because he's like 
He's like, I could throw seminars on the divide between BC and Alberta. And he's like, I would need another weekend to talk about the divide between BC, Alberta, and Ontario. And again, it's old regulations, old liquor laws that have never been updated, never been modernized for how agile the industries are now. Oh, and it's a stupid carryover from prohibition and this yeah. like mindset that, no, it has to be different everywhere. Like, yeah, I, I'm but, all one for it, provinces' rights, you, but, you know. Yeah, and it, it's funny you bring that up with trial and ale, and it's just like, yeah, they'd like to be in Ontario, but don't. And then from a completely different source being like, yeah, it just, it just isn't bloody worth it. But for him, he said specifically is that they can't. He can't find a distributor that would be like, willing to take the stuff. He said if he can just get in, just like he said. I probably don't remember it properly because I had quite a bit to drink on the second night. <laughs> <laughs> but but he said like just a flat, just a flat. I'm like man. I'm like I could imagine just. I don't know what it would take to qualify as a distributor, but just like if you're just a small business, you're willing to just. You could imagine. I could just imagine how much power a small business willing to operate if it's possible for them to as a distributor i don't know what the technicalities would be yeah that they would have so much power over for uh, outside provinces other provinces to import mar- the yeah import their product market within their business i'm like i think i think there's a potential but i think but it might take the entrepreneurship of someone someone to operate as like a mediator between a, a craft brew and a potential set of vendors to operate as that de facto distributor. Mm. Well, it's almost that venture capital style mindset. It's a distributor who's willing to take those high risk, high reward chains. Cause you're like, okay, we're going to start working with these really small people that are incredibly unproven. Um, but if you find the next big thing for Ontario, you can make a bunch of money because they'll probably pay you, probably be able to, distribute at decent rates but yeah. i don't know you got a you got a lot of potential brewers that would be able to, or would be willing to look at this if there was a pathway that was simple for them right yeah because it's funny you mentioned the dis- distributor thing because that was the thing with bc because uh when rob was doing a couple exploratory missions into like fernie and uh, revelstoke and all that kind of stuff he he asked a bunch of stores like hey i own a craft brewery in alberta like what would it take to bring my beer into BC? And it's like the same sort of thing. It's like you would have to register as an agent underneath a distributor in BC and like yeah. someone would have to take you on. So you'd have to convince them being like, yes, you should take on my product, not anyone else product. And then they get a cut of whatever you sell sort of thing. And so like it would almost be easier to open a separate brewery in BC, I think. Like to open that, to go through that whole regulatory process and then like link the two breweries afterwards. No, we got the one guy we met in Jasper last year. We just need his liquor store to pick us up to supply him entirely. Oh yeah, that was, he was from like Prince George or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know if you uh, remember, we talked about him on the podcast, but he was in Jasper and for all three sessions of that show. He just sat there and drank the missing piece. Yeah, he basically drank a six-pack alone each night. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> he, he kept coming back. And, I mean, Jasper is a, was an all-inclusive event, so it wasn't as restrictive in terms of pour size. As a, yeah. It's sort of like, whatever. Every time you come back, we'll fill your cup. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Like, it, it's... But this again, the, the archaic struggles between interprovincial boundaries, especially when it comes to alcohol, is stupid. And if any member of parliament or multiple MLAs or uh, I don't know what are they called outside <laughs> of uh, 
Alberta, like, because it's a member of the Legislative Assembly. Like, what are they in Saskatchewan or, like, B.C.? Well, I think it's still MLAs. Okay. I think or, Quebec's the only one that's different than the National Assembly there. Okay, so any any uh, delegates who are listening to this, you should really, really work on unifying the beer uh, beer laws across all provinces. <laughs> Another funny thing Trial Nail said, the guy from Trial Nail said, he's like, we'll never distribute in, in Quebec. Because our labels have too much words on them, and we can't oh, translate, you don't translate them. They have. I looked at it, picked up one of his, his like kind of wine bottle they have, like the one one of the yeah, and it was just like a paragraph. I'm like, oh yeah, you would have to cover the whole thing in words. Yeah. Of course, we we would have a similar issue, or if right? not like, exclusively yeah. have it in French. I don't know what it, it, <laughs> if it's just exclusively French. That's probably what they would have to do. Yeah. Well, and I mean, if you're big enough to the point where you want to distribute to that level, then just you can have a, a separate label set, right? Yeah, half half your production run gets the French label, have or whatever percentage you want. Yeah. Like if you're doing it in that big volume, then yeah, you get a fifth of it to Quebec, and they get their French label, and then you get uh, the the other eighty percent goes to the rest of the country. There's definitely a way they can do it, but it sounds like this guy's applying the labels by hand, twenty four seven. So <laughs> that might be a little difficult. They actually have a beautiful can. I think is like the, they do. The print they do. is the, on the can, but the was but with their like kind of the the one that's in the wine bottle that's applied. Yeah, for him. But actually, that was the same with uh, they, they weren't at this show, but uh, Grain Bin Brewing from Grand Prairie. Uh, they do a bunch of uh, uh, wild sours and that sort of thing. And I think it was the last Eminent show we were at. We were fin- helping them finish off a bottle of their uh, like it was a light percentage too. It was only like a three percent wild yeast something I, i'm trying to remember what the it was a sour though and oh it must have been more than three percent i don't think that man makes anything under six no it was yeah i think it was under three because it was it was light it was very very light and i think i remember looking at the bottle and see it was definitely under five percent for sure uh, but okay. uh, yeah it's always okay. fun to see those bottles because like ooh, this is i had a few to drink at that show too so i'll trust you on that well that's that's what you got to do with the shows you got to have a couple drinks well, you got to suss out the competition that was the one where I made you drive the truck home because so I was like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> you got four people behind the booth. You don't need me here. I'm walking around. <laughs> but getting back to the Rocky Mountain show, um, one of the interesting things I got managed to get, uh, again, if he's actually uh, actually listening, Christian, from uh, First Element Kegging, uh, tried to woo me on into signing in for a deal on some kegs, his uh, revolutionary plastic kegs he's been working on. So he had a whole, like, behind-the-scenes uh, trailer set up with beers that were using all his kegs sort of thing. And uh, it, it was really funny because he, he was out there, and it's the first time I'd actually dealt with the product. So I, you know, was picking it up, and I was picking up. When it was full, he had 30-liter kegs full of beer, and I was, like, hoisting it and that sort of thing. It was it was like, okay, like, this is – it's about 18 pounds lighter, roughly, yeah. uh, for the steel yeah, yeah. Uh, changes and all that. And he was talking with me, and we were looking at the stuff. And it, it, it's nice because I haven't had that since I worked in the oil and gas industry, being wooed. <laughs> you should use this, uh, you know uh, – uh, this check valve for you know this oil and gas process because we'll we'll take care of you sort of thing. So it, it was nice to have that happen again. I, I miss that. Yes, <laughs> and to Christian, I apologize that I didn't make it back there. Um, I was not able to drink on Saturday because I was flying today. So and again, a note at the top of the podcast: near death experience. Oh God, <laughs> the flight was awesome. The weather was beautiful. <laughs> Everything was smooth. It was great. Okay, one more one more comment. Okay. You're going back to the BC Alberta rivalry. I noticed there was one Manitoba brewery, which was called the Farmery. 
They've yep. been operating for 10 years. And District, which was from Saskatchewan. I don't know how long they've been going. Uh, but I did try their blueberry sour, and it was really good. I mm. also met Kari there, who helps new, small, mom-and-pop-type style craft brews get on the shelf. Oh. So she's a startup her, of her own, and she basically helps them get selling. Another contact we need to follow up yeah, with. Ben was, gave us our card. I, which Ooh, I got yeah. her contact, and I was like, you need to contact her. Anyways, that's another story. But someone came up to your desk, and they were complaining about all the BC brews, brew ops. Did you find there were a lot of BC breweries there? No. What I was complaining about was the difference between BC and Alberta tastes. No, no, no. Somebody did come to our booth and say, hey, you're actually an Alberta brewery, not a BC brewery. And I don't, I don't know really where he's coming because I don't recall a ton of BC breweries there. No. I'm. But it, that, that were they, it did were happen. visiting from BC? I'm trying to remember. Because there, there was one time I did, like, say, like, because uh, someone did ask, like, why are the, the beers in different cans? And I'm like, oh, it's because we're moving all our cans from the small ones to the big ones. Oh, yeah. And, no, but that's, I, that's completely different. I, I'm, were there any BC breweries there? There are some I, bigger breweries, like freaking Steagle was there, and Delirium Tremens. yeah, Delirium. There was Glenfiddich and all that, Jack Daniels. All that stuff, yeah. Um, Every Everybody, st- at the start of the show, okay, this quick diversion. <laughs> at the start of the show, so right by the main entrance doors, there was the distributors for Aperol and Forty Creek. Yeah. And... Everybody walks in, they get their tickets, and that's the first thing they see in this bright orange signs and all that sort of stuff. I would say 80% of the people that walked by our booth in the first half hour, one hour of uh, entry mm-hmm. were holding an Aperol Spritz. Yes. <laughs> it was hilarious because a very distinctive drink. Everybody got one. It's like, it's the, it is the drink they got to start their show off. And it's actually interesting. I've, I've noticed uh, in liquor stores that they must be paying for it or something like that, but... Uh, Aperol is becoming more prominent. Now, is that because more people are buying it and using it, or is it because they're getting pushed and then more people are buying it and using it? But I, at my local uh, my local co-op, uh, it's very prominent. Like, because like, you walk in through a turnstile, and you basically you've got, like, the whiskey, vodka aisle, and then you turn left, and then it's the rest of the, the kind of store, and you can filter your way through to the beer fridge. And it's right at that end of that shelf, at the beginning of... Uh, the spirits and all that kind of stuff it's right there prominent for for the last three or four months so yeah they their strategy of paying for being up front it's working (laughs) yeah but um i was gonna say for the show you also uh there ben you found uh a little bit of sweet tooth there yeah i did I bought a bunch of uh, fudge. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I tried to give it. You guys didn't want some. And there's still some inside. I yeah. I don't have much of a sweet tooth. I enjoyed the one you gave I me, but that. I. Sweet. But but it was funny because uh, for the listeners, the uh, so Ben would sugar rush. It, yeah, oh, that's what it was. A sugar rush. So he came back to the booth and he gave us each one, and I had a strawberry daiquiri one, and that one was like legit good. But it was it was a sugar bomb. Like holy crap. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then, and so it was funny then because you were you're on your wander, so you'd go away for a little bit. You come back, and you you you're like, guys, have you had any more? And we're like, no, no, we haven't yet. So you open up the box, <laughs> take, take one. another one or two, and then you wander off again. And then you come back again 20, 30 minutes later after your your latest little adventure, and then repeat have the same you, thing. Have you had another? No, we haven't. No, we haven't. 
take a couple more, and then <laughs> off you go again. <laughs> so I think you ate like half the box by yourself. I did. No, no, no. You did give some to uh, some other customers at the end of the night. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you were back and you were taking one. They're like, well, what's that? You're like, well, it's fudge. You want some? These guys aren't eating it. <laughs> I, was like, All right. I think they appreciate it. I also they think love they it. last like your door cra- their door crasher beer handouts. So you- <laughs> um. I just looked at the uh, the brewery list for for the festival, so I think yeah. Whistler Brewing. Oh yeah, Whistler was yeah. the only BC brewery there. No, uh, no, and I do remember at the end because when I was doing tradesies, they had it sampled our beer. He liked our stout, uh, and then uh, I traded him some of our blonde, and he gave us some of his chestnut ale. Yeah, chestnut yeah, we got a bunch of it. Yeah, but but <laughs> I think there's o- there was only the one BC brewery there. There was a Manitoba brewery and the Saskatchewan brewery. So. Yeah. Actually, here's the interesting question. There was Analog Brewing there, but was there any other Edmonton breweries? Well, Alley Cat's Edmonton. Trial and okay. Trial and so, so that was three. Okay. So that's that's actually an, an okay number. Then. That's reasonable for not a beer com- uh, beer festival. I was going to say competition, but <laughs> not a beer festival. Can you see how easy it is to forget that this is a walk, Rocky Mountain wine and food festival? We haven't even talked anything about the wine. I, mean, I, so I don't think I tried I any try, wine. I didn't try any of the wine. I, I tried a bit of the bread and butter wine that was at the booth next to us. I tried the Chardonnay. It was it was pretty good. Like I I'm not the biggest Chardonnay fan in the world, but it was it was good. I was more interested in the uh, Zaya rum, the 16 year old aged uh, rumbositis. That was quite good. <laughs> I enjoyed their whiskey actually. Oh yeah, the Irish uh, uh, the Irish whiskey that they had. Yeah, it was whatever redhead. redhead Irish whiskey. Yeah, I I. I I don't know. I had a lot of gin. I went to Star yeah. Distillery, and they had yeah. really interesting gins, and they also had the Westphalia there. That really drove me to them. Mm. I, if I were for the Westphalia, I would not have gone to their table, guaranteed. <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, I'm just trying to remember what else I sampled. A little bit of Four Dog. We traded with Meta. Or I, tried to, I tried to trade with uh, Z. Uh, the Meta guys are great. They came to our booth. If they're listening to our podcast, you guys are awesome. Uh, and they were they were just chatting us up and and yeah, I, for tradesies, like I, I I was like, okay, make sure you go to Matt. I'm bringing them a fly. Yeah. But I well, they were so generous th- with their tradesies. I went back with another six pack because I was like, Jesus, guys. Well, and I mean, they're doing they're bringing out a bunch of new products and stuff like that. And they were talking about they're getting their uh, production facility up and going. They've they've been running steam lines and stuff like that. They're kind of on the same pace as us, mm-hmm. bigger scale than us. And I was I was giving them props for that. I was like, wow, you guys are you're going for it more than us and they they said that we had the passion and the heart so that's why i say they're great guys like <laughs> we'll keep doing tradesies every time you guys want yeah no we'll have new beards at the next show so it'll be mm-hmm. pretty yeah good. and that's that's what i told them. i was like this is what we got for now but we should be up and running we'll have stuff in kegs like i want to bring a cake to the next show yeah no cans only kegs that would be nice no we'll have to have some cans but oh, I, but way less cans like 10 percent <laughs> cans all all rest cake Cans, sure. only for, can, cans only for tradesies. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. There, there's a weight limit on the plane, though. we got to take the plane to the next show. Oh, yeah. We're going to the Jasper Beer Fest. So, uh, yeah, we did sign up for that this week. See us there in February 2023. But to kind of wrap up this episode, since the if you can, or for our listeners at home, if you're listening to the crackling fire next to us, we're outside recording this right now. Um... So Ben, uh, overall impressions and anything else about the show? Final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts. Good time. 
Um, you could, I definitely could see it as like an industry I'd like love to be a part of. It's like, it's like really great. Yeah. And um, encouraging and just fun. Yeah, liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the the one thing. It's, it's usually better when we have the three people because then two people can man the booth and the other one like wanders and talks and all that kind of stuff because that's the the one thing is so we've done a little bit of networking but like more networking is always better especially in this industry when it's really close to the chest and you know everyone knows everyone sort of thing really we're all just pushing for Rob to get through this get better because he is the face of the company <laughs> yeah. And... He, yeah he's a social <laughs> one and remembers faces yeah so <laughs> Rob, we got a bunch of business cards for people for you to call this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Brendan, any kind of closing thoughts for the for the show? Um, yeah, good show. Um, I I I'd do it again. It was fun, uh, and definitely now that we kind of know the the scale of what to expect on it, we can scale things appropriately. Yeah, we ordered way too much beer. <laughs> like, but but like two thirds too much. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be it'd be a great show to to bring a couple a couple kegs a couple twenty liter kegs of new stuff and and really trial it out, right? Because the people who are there for beer are going to be more the ones that really like beer, yeah. right? And they're, they're the ones that are like, well, I have all these other alcohol options, but I'm going to go for the beer. So they want to try something interesting. And we've got a few people that were there who hopefully go to the show every uh, frequently or our repeat customers that we can try to start learning from right and as we go through more of these shows there is going to be repeat people that have seen us before and we want to start showing new and exciting products and not just yeah. our our uh, excellent stalwarts well uh, so i was gonna say for my final thoughts i i have a comment from uh, from dave who is one of the uh, founders of the east wranglers and has been kind of watching our progress as uh as we first throw it up at the first beer fest, because he always makes a point of seeing the new breweries and going to talk to them and sample their beers and see how everything's going. And he was really impressed with our beers when we first came out. Uh, but it's been about well, a year and a half now, and he was like, what do you have that's new for me? And we're like, we've got new size cans. And he's like, what do you have that's new for me? Well, no, no I mean, the answer is wait six months. It's, we got a yeah. lot of stuff that's good to go we just don't want to make 23 hacks of it yeah and, and, and so, <laughs> so but it was interesting with that because he he was he was kind of excited and then he was he was you know razzing me a bit because he's like well weren't you talking about a production facility he's like actually yes that's been built you know we're hoping to have it by december and he's like well and tap room is like well no the the plans have changed a little bit like we're gonna have a production facility that's separate we like um, to consider ourselves an agile, nimble company. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because he, he was giving us a little flack, and there was a bit of truth to that. It's like, yeah, you guys have been doing this for about two years now. Like, where, where's your next bit? Where's your next piece sort of thing? Um, so, uh, you know, I, you know, I promise is like, you know, at Beer Fest in May, we'll have lots of new stuff. Like, don't worry. Like, we'll have new things for you. And he's like, you better. <laughs> he's like, I'm pulling for you guys. He's like, I really like your beers. But you got to give me something new. So, yeah, it was uh, so it was a good show and all that. But, yeah, for the next one, uh, Solutions, I think 2023 will be coming into our own element for, for next year. Yeah, and I think, uh, well, that's our wrap on the episode. Should uh, we see how well Ben listens to our episodes yeah, and make he, him uh, tell people how they can reach us and exactly. how they can do all that he's sort of stuff? He's listening to the ending spiel. You can... Definitely reach you to you guys on Twitter because you check it all the time. <laughs> and you're 
Did you just, did you just hear that? That means it's six more weeks of Twitter mentions. <laughs> no, man, you've doomed us. If you actually want to get it. Your primary, primary way of contact. So hit him up on Twitter. The rest are negligible. All right. But but can you can you state our Twitter handle? At Solutions Brewing? No, oh. it's not that. And Steve couldn't get it either. So no, don't feel at that. Solutions, I won. What? No, that's stupid. It is. It is so stupid. <laughs> so if you actually want to get a hold of us, you can go to our website, www.solutionsbrewing.com. Uh, contact us page there. Uh, it sends us an email to our email, uh, no problems at solutionsbrewing.com. Or on the real social medias, uh, Instagram and Facebook at Solutions Brewing Co. And I cannot yeah. wait for the next six weeks of Twitter mentions. I'm so happy. <laughs> and on that sad note, we'll end the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>